as exhausting as it is, and as much as I'm putting in emotionally and physically, I'm getting that back from my students, both in the classroom and the yoga studio. And I find that that's what helps me get me through the day. And it's this intrinsic motivation to see someone on their fitness journey make their achievements, a student in their learning journey achieve their goals. And it's just this fulfilling sensation that it's hard to explain. And the way I guess I'm able to balance this is being organized and prioritized. Welcome to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast, the show that empowers educators to make a positive impact in the lives of their students and the education community. Whether you're a beginning teacher seeking guidance, a seasoned educator looking to excel further in your career, or anyone interested in the world of education, this podcast is for you. Get ready to dive into the world of inspiration with practical tips and meaningful conversations. Each episode is designed to provide you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that you can implement straight away. I'm your host, Jason Marshall, a passionate educator dedicated to supporting teachers in reaching their full potential. Join me as I bring in renowned experts, experienced educators, and thoughtful leaders to share their wisdom, experiences, and innovative approaches to education. Welcome back to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast. My name is Jason Marshall, and today I have another epic guest for you. He's a learning specialist for student engagement and well-being. He was accepted into the Teaching Excellence Program with the Victorian Academy and is an advocate for Victorian education sector. What I love most about this man is the fact that he will always show up, be raw, and be honest with you, with his students, his colleagues, and even on social media. So please welcome to the podcast, Mitch Layton. Hello. Hello, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time that you have allowed me to come on. No, I'm super excited to have you on because what caught my eye when I first discovered you on social media was the fact that you were full-time teaching, but then also teaching yoga and Pilates outside of that, which I think is super, super epic and finding the time to do something that you love. And we'll dive deep into that very shortly, particularly around a work-life balance, because I know that you're all about that. But what I want to know just quickly, is if you could share your story a little bit. You've been teaching for five years. What are some of the highlights and some of the challenges that you found? Absolutely. I guess my teaching journey, like most, have been a bit of a roller coaster of highs and I like to call them character-building moments, those lows. I guess the highlights are always those light bulb moments when we see a student who finally gets it or just being able to embrace their naivety. That's the thing I love about students and how raw that they can be and they just have no filter and especially the younger students they will just say whatever on their mind and the older we get we're a bit more restrictive in what we're saying so it's so nice I guess to see kids be kids and I think that's always the biggest highlight of my days for me probably my high in my teaching journey will be this learning specialist role I'm a big advocate for student engagement and well-being and being given this opportunity this year to really now implement the work I've done in my classroom over the last five years around this area and make it a whole school approach is something I'm really, really excited towards. I think that character-building moment for me is realising that no one ever knows anything and that imposter syndrome is such a, I guess, big and raw and scary thing But at the end of the day, everyone is just a person and the person that I like to read a lot of 
from is Brene Brown, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard from her before. And just the opening of Dare to Lead talks about people are just people when she's going to do this TED Talk. And I think that is something that I'm definitely going to take with me throughout this year. And when working with colleagues who have been in the teaching industry for 20 plus years or who are in their graduate year, we all bring different elements of our lifestyles to this profession and we can bounce off one another. So I think that book will be very close to my arm's reach so I can make sure I consistently remind myself that we're just people at the end of the day. I absolutely love that. And that brings me back to, you know, some of my philosophies as well, where, you know, exactly what you just said, people are just people. We only know what we know and we don't know what we don't know, right? So it's it's all those sorts of things. And I love how that you're now stepping into this brand new role this year, which is super exciting, not only for you, but it excites me as well, because one of my passions is to see educators step into leadership, as you probably already know. What I want to know, what is exciting you the most about this new leadership role and how do you plan to contribute to your school and the education system? Yeah, I think diving into this realm of student engagement and well-being is a very hot topic at the moment ever since post-COVID. We know that attendance rate and we know that student engagement has declined since kids have come back to school. And I think it's only now getting a bit more traction and students are now being looked at how important the well-being is. So I think for me, what excites me the most of this opportunity is creating a learning environment that isn't just about worksheets, but it's generally fostering those connections and creating happy, thriving students through student voice and engagement. Also, I guess their student agency. For me, I plan to do a lot of work around like problem solving tasks and where they're doing the work that they can, everyone has an entry point. I think that's really, really important. And the work that Lynn Sharrett does um, around clarity and that allows people to have high expectations of all kids and all teachers and even parents and getting everyone on board to be like, this is where we want to be at the end, but let's take these little steps to get there. So I think a book rather not, I think a book that I've enjoyed reading over the summer is Teach Like a Champion by Doug Mm -hmm. Lamov. I'm a big reader and a big listener of different podcasts because I like to take little bits and pieces and things that work I love to share and things that don't work I just keep that one to myself. But the thing I loved about Teach Like a Champion is it puts research into practice but it also explains the why. And I think part of this role that I'm excited to go into is when I have successfully done something in my class, I'd like to then explain the why about that And it's basically a practical book for any beginning teacher, any emerging teachers, or even those senior teachers who've been teaching for a lifetime. It's just a different way to, I guess, get one that engagement of all students and to get the participation of all students. And I think that's what I'm really, really looking forward to doing because the school that I work at, a lot of the students are very reserved and quiet and it's hard to get that accountable talk. So I think for me, what I'm excited about is seeing that at a wider scale and getting not just my classroom, not just my cohort, but the whole school talking more, doing more, and just being engaged and excited about the real life activities that we get to do with them in the classroom. Oh, I absolutely love that. Sounds super exciting for your school this year. And I know you're going to achieve all those things because you talked about that backwards mapping approach. And what I like to call it is Mm -hmm. reverse engineering. You know what the goal is at the end of the year. It's like, okay, hey, that's a massive goal right now. 
But if we can just break it up into smaller chunks and achieve these things and celebrate when we achieve those things, we're going to make it by December and it's going to be amazing. And I'm super excited to see your growth and your school's growth with you stepping into that uh, role as well. You mentioned just then that you are really passionate about your learning, not only learning for your students, but learning for yourself as well. How do you instill a love of learning in yourself and how does this passion translate then into your teaching approach? I think... I completed the VIA character strengths survey. We do it every year as a staff. And I mm-hmm. think one, it's important just to know yourself, what your, your strengths are as a person, obviously the team that you work with, but then also as a whole school, we're able to see different people in a different light. For instance, we have a colleague whose top character strength is honesty. And sometimes when this colleague will speak to me, I get a bit, oh, gosh, they being rude to me? Are they? Have I done something to them? But that's just their way of communicating. And it's ever since knowing that, it can then sort of be a bit of banter between each other that they're not going to take this personally because they're just being honest. So you can sort of relate to them. So I think for me, the reason I'm talking about this is my number one character trait was a love of learning. I like to think I'm a bit of like a learning mermaid, always collecting shiny bits of knowledge everywhere I go. I think my secret is just infusing enthusiasm into everything I do. And that's not to say you're always meant to be 100% happy, 100% excited about every little thing you do. But if you can find a small bit of something that you're reading, listening to, or talking to a colleague about, Find the smallest bit of excitement and hold and just rain on and run with that because the chances are that will then lead to something bigger and then that excitement and enthusiasm will then be a snowball effect. I guess it's contagious, like a good yawn or laugh, Mm -hmm. and it's much more beneficial to see things, I guess, in that positive aspect rather than, oh, I have to do this. Find that smallest bit and just find that, I guess, that, positivity that you can then spread out to others. Oh, I absolutely love that. And that relates to a podcast that I recently listened to just last week. And he was talking about finding the fun in absolutely everything you do, even if it's the worst job, even if it's cleaning the toilets, even if it's, you know, something, writing report cards, whatever it is, find the fun in that because that will make you A, enjoy it and be 10 times more productive, which is super cool. So same with you, find that positivity in anything. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how you put, I guess, writing report cards because it's a very tedious and exhausting process, especially when you have a larger class. I know for me last year I only had 21 students, but this year I think I'm getting to about 27, 28. So that extra essentially half a day of writing reports because there's another six or seven students that you have to do. And I think instead of looking at it as a, oh, what a waste of time. Think of it as a what an exciting time you get to share the learning and growth of a student to their parents and the excitement that they're going to see when they see that report and spinning things in, I guess, a strength-based approach rather than a negative, I guess, approach is going to be exciting for yourself because you're going to want to type more of those strengths that you see in that child. The child is going to be then more happier, more excited to come to class. And evidently the parents is going to love seeing their children grow. So I love the way that you've listened to that podcast. And I think it's, it's very hard to do. It's much easier said than done. I know sometimes that I'm, I guess, trudging my three feet through the mud, having to do some tasks, but I think, yeah, finding that positive in those things is really going to help people. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's it's recognizing that we're not always going to be at our 100% A game with positivity. But if we're meeting whatever standard we're at and we're playing at 100% of whatever that standard is at that time, then that's perfect, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a quick question here on positivity. If there was something that you're feeling a little bit, let's say, negative, you're like, oh, I can't do this right now. What would you go out and do to make yourself re-energized, more positive before tackling that task? I definitely go for a five-minute walk outside, even if it's raining. I think that just ultimately clears my mind, but also chuck on a banger through my headphones. I don't know if anyone has like a guilty pleasure song, but for me, it's Shania Twain. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but just put that on, go for a walk, come back, and your mind is completely reset. You can then just start chipping away at it, set yourself a 20-minute timer, do it for 20 minutes, go for another little walk, then come back. I think, I guess some people can call that different things. But for me, I think that is really powerful in just having to start something that you really don't want to do. I love that. Shania Twain. I've got to pull out that banger today. I'm going to find it, yeah. pull it out. And yeah, Done. when I need a break as well, Mitch told me to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Now you're an advocate for the teacher to teach the future campaign, which is super exciting. What aspects of the education industry in Victoria do you think may need a little bit more attention and how can teachers collectively make a positive impact to whatever that is? Get me fired here with this question. No, not at all. I think it's a very... Valid question. I think it's something that I guess the government needs to start looking at. We know now, especially in Victoria, the teacher shortage is a real big issue. And mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we need to shine a light on is that retention rate and how can we retain teachers. I think they're putting a lot of focus into graduate teachers and getting people to undertake their studies. But the concern, I think, for me, seeing in the last five years is that it was hard to get an ongoing role when I first started in my grad year. But now it's basically if you have a pulse, you can get an ongoing role, which is sad to say because in one breath, we need as many teachers as possible, but we need to keep those teachers that are doing such a good job and we need to celebrate what teachers are doing in our education system and utilize what we have at our neighboring schools to then help that retention rate. Because one school doesn't know everything, they can take those little bits of knowledge from other schools as well. I think something that to help the students is focus on those practical life skills, the critical thinking skills, and of course, well-being. I know as an adult, it's hard to even articulate myself how I feel. So if students are still developing, they're growing, I couldn't imagine how hard it is for them. So really focusing on, I guess, their well-being and improving their emotional literacy, I guess, can make positive impacts for them to help champion the things that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. I love that. This comes back to, you know, one of my biggest things that I love doing for myself and I, I tell my clients as well to do the same is just to celebrate, celebrate yes. the fact that, you know, this child has, you know, received a C instead of a D. Celebrate the fact that you got up this morning and you are doing your best this morning. Celebrate the fact that you got to the end of the year and you can have fun now, let your hair down type of thing. Just celebrate those, those little things. And if we celebrate ourselves more, celebrate our colleagues more, celebrate our students more, I feel like the retention rate will go up. 
the workplace will be a lot happier, the students will achieve more, all those sorts of things. So just celebrate, 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 right? I know. I love that. And I'm definitely the one to put my hand up first and say I'm very bad at celebrating. I think because we now live in a world that's very data literate and data driven, we can get very honed in on that, okay, this person or this child in the red, what are we going to do to help them? Instead of looking at, well, this student hasn't treaded water for 12 months. They've actually grown 18 months in 12 months. Like what an absolute achievement that is. Let's get this kid up in assembly, talk about what this child has done. And I think in retrospect for teachers, what did the teacher do? Get them up in the front of the staff, talk about the little things that they've done with this student or their classroom to help get those amazing results. And I think you're so right in saying we need to focus more on the celebrations rather than the negatives and what we need to improve on. Mm, yeah, definitely. Now, you are such such a busy man. You know, you're <laughs> teach, teaching full-time, leadership roles this year, you're instructing Pilates and yoga each week, and all that can be so demanding, right? How yes. do you manage this massive balancing act? That's what I want to know. And what strategies can you provide to other listeners right now? I think one is definitely age is just a number. And I think if you want to do something, go and do it. I think I've learned that balancing acts are my specialty. I guess teaching, leading, and yoga instructing are a trio that have kept me on my toes for the last mm. five years. It'll be very interesting to see how I go with these new roles that I've been acquired with this year, plus my teaching of yoga and Pilates on the side. Some days I'm literally teaching for 15 hours where I'm, in the classroom all day, I've been there since 7.30, have a meeting after school, race to the studio, teach two classes, get home, and it's exhausting. I'll, I won't lie about that. But there's this feeling that I get when I'm in the classroom then and then when I'm at the yoga studio, as exhausting as it is and as much as I'm putting in emotionally and physically, I'm getting that back from my students both in the classroom and the yoga studio and I find that that's what helps me get me through the day. And it's this intrinsic motivation to see someone on their fitness journey make their achievements, a student in their learning journey achieve their goals. And it's just this fulfilling sensation that it's hard to explain. And the way I guess I'm able to balance this is being organized and prioritized. They're two really important aspects. And I think setting boundaries, it's okay to say no. And it's something I've learned a little while on. But saying no isn't a bad thing. It just means that you're looking after yourself. And if you're not able to pour from your own cup, then how are you going to feel somebody else's? So I think those three things for me, organization, I'm a very, I guess, digital native. So all my meetings, all my minutest things when I have to like print something off, I've chucked into my calendar or I've chucked into my reminders app on my phone. That's really my most used app during the term. Every morning at 7.30, if there's an email I need to send, thankfully now you can even schedule emails. So I'm going to look at, at that this year. But even if it's talking to a colleague, grabbing a resource, that reminders app for me has been a game changer. I definitely recommend people using it. If you're still using a calendar, even better. That's going to help you prioritize and see over a longer period of time, whether that's a day, a week, a month, or a year, how long you have until something. So then you can backwards map, as I like to do, and as you mentioned earlier in mm -hmm. the podcast, 
It just helps you feel at ease and less stress in your days because that's when you're able to fill other people's cups and able to set those boundaries around when you can say no. Yeah, absolutely love it. I have never used the Reminders app. I'm going to get that onto that this week, but I'm definitely a slave to my calendar. And I've even got it to the point where I'm color coding things where I know it's okay, this is important. This must be done today. So that's in red. It's there. And I will start there. Even if it's at 11 o'clock, sometimes I'll bounce it up a little bit. And there's other things in there, like in the blue, for example, in my calendar are things that I can shuffle around. Things that have, okay, if this doesn't get done today, it's not life or death type thing. It's like, I can move on. Mm. Absolutely. And although I do all these amazing things, funnily enough, I still put in things in my calendar that are personal, like things that I want to achieve. Like even the simplest, like you're watching Netflix, <laughs> like mm-hmm. even just chucking that here and there as a reminder, like you need to relax, otherwise you're going to burn out or catching up with a coffee with a mate and spoken like a true teacher there, color coding is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a big color coder when it comes to absolutely anything. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. Just quickly, what are your future goals for your teaching career for this year? And how do you envision your role as a teacher involving in future years? Yeah, I always like to keep evolving. I think you're very naive to think you've learned everything, especially in education, in an industry that is ever evolving and changing Mm. and demanding. You need to be flexible and adaptable. So for me, I'm always trying to, I guess, get the new best information out or speak to somebody about what I'm going to do and get their opinion on that. I think social media has definitely helped with that. And the teacher gram for me has been a bit of a boost. And for me, it's my motivation as overwhelming as it can be sometimes because it's a very small portion of someone's life. And it's, you have to remember that. And if they might, post the glitz and glam and all the happiness on their Instagram page. You really don't know that person behind the screen. So Mm. as overwhelming and exciting as it can be, it's definitely been my biggest motivator probably to, I guess, help me continue doing the good things that I'm doing in the classroom. I think for me, I don't like to think too much about the future. I'm a massive believer in if it's meant for you, it won't pass you. Of course, I've thought about the things of going to like an assistant principal role or a print role, but I'm too loving of the classroom and I would hate the idea of not having my own little set of individuals that I get to mould in that year. So for me to keep on growing is enough right now. But in saying that, if something, an opportunity was to arise in the next few years, I would probably take it, give it a go and then reassess on what I guess my future goals would be. I'd love to open up my own business one day. Not sure if it would be like the teaching realm or the health and fitness realm because they're both very big Mm -hmm. parts of my life. But, yeah, who knows? I always like to say if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Oh, I love that. Doesn't challenge you. It's not going to change you. Absolutely love it. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for coming on the Inspiring Teacher podcast today. If people want to find more about you and just absolutely love your social media like I do, where can they find you? They can find me at Mr. Layton's underscore little learners. Amazing. I'll pop that in the show notes as well. And if you missed it, something that I like to ask all of my guests, the very last question, if you were to give 30 seconds of advice to our listeners right now, what would that be? Life's too short to take yourself too seriously. Embrace the chaos, 
Find the joy in your journey and remember to laugh. It is the best thing you can do. And also coffee, lots of coffee. (laughs) Cheers to being a lifelong learner. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you got value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could take 20 seconds out of your time and leave me a five-star rating and a written review. Remember, you have the power to make a lasting impact in the lives of your students. So until next time, keep inspiring, keep teaching, and keep reaching for greatness.